The clubhouse bars on Derby Day are a special kind of scene. Along with the politicians, society bells, and local captains of commerce, every half-mad dingbat who ever had any pretensions to anything at all within 500 miles of Louisville will show up there to get strung drunk and slop a lot of backs and generally make himself obvious. The paddock bar is probably the best place in the track to sit and watch faces. Nobody minds being stared at. That's what they're there for. Some people spend most of the time in the paddock. They can hunker down at any one of the many wooden tables, lean back in the comfortable chair, and watch the ever-changing odds flash up and down on the big tote board outside the window. Black waiters in white serving jackets move through the crowd with trays of drinks, while the experts ponder the racing forms and the hunchbetters pick lucky numbers or scan the lineup for right-sounding names. There's a constant flow of traffic to and from the peri-mutual windows outside in the wooden corridors. Then, as post-time nears, the crowd thins out as people go back to their boxes. Clearly, we were going to have to figure out some way to spend more time in the clubhouse tomorrow, but the walk-around press passes to F and G were only good for 30 minutes at a time, presumably, presumably to allow the newspaper types to rush in and out for photos and quick interviews, but to prevent drinkers like Stedman and me spending all day in the clubhouse, harassing the gentry and rifling the old bag or two while cruising around the boxes or macing the governor. The time limit was no problem on Friday, but on Derby Day, the walk-around passes would be in heavy demand. And since it took about 10 minutes to get from the press box to the paddock and 10 minutes to get back, that didn't leave much time for serious people watching. And unlike most of the others in the press box, we didn't give a hoot in hell what was happening on the track. We had come there to watch the real beasts perform. Greetings, Grandstanders! Welcome to another edition of Grandstand Podcast. Today, we will be talking about the great sport of horse racing. As the Kentucky Derby approaches here uh, very soon, I'd be appropriate here, uh, continuing with our uh, non-mainstream port, uh, non-mainstream sport, excuse me, trajectory. Um, so, but before I go on any further, let me introduce my partner in crime, the professor. Uh, how are you, professor? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's Friday. It's, uh, it's a long week. Heard you just had a... Didn't you just have spring break? It's almost summer. Yeah. Yeah, we just had spring break. Um, well, it's New York, New York, so spring break is... Uh, we do spring break with Passover. <laughs> so it's still very rooted to uh, the local uh, history. Yes? Yeah. Oh, very good. Well, it's New York. What can you say? Uh, um, so I always ask you this: How is the weather? Is it is it blustery or sunny or beautiful? Um, it's it's not beautiful, but it's it's not bad. You know, it's it's a little chilly. It's cloudy. Looks like it's about to rain, but um, you know, it's 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 okay. You excited about the the Derby, the Kentucky Derby? Uh, yeah. I still haven't really. I usually don't sig my teeth into what's going like the who who are the horses and everything. Um until a few days beforehand but um but yeah i'm, I'm always ex- i mean last year's derby uh uh or just the whole the whole triple crown like uh gave me chills so yeah 
Right. And, and let me ask you one last thing before I introduce our, our guest. Um, do, do you uh, wear a seersucker suit and drink mint juleps when you watch the Kentucky Derby? Uh, no, I have. But no, I don't, I don't make a... Uh, I don't, it, it's definitely not a, a tradition of mine, but, um, but I, I, I have on occasion um, went to a bar and, and, and done the whole... At least the, the mint juleps. Something about drinking a mint julep and wearing a seersucker suit makes me feel like uh, Colonel Sanders. I don't know if that does anything for you. but um, So now uh, let me introduce our guest today. We have a very special guest. We have an expert. Um, one of the things we do here at Grandstand is we talk about the grandstanding that occurs uh, on this side of the field, which, you know, in the grandstand, and occasionally we've been uh, – well, actually, I, I think this is the first, the first expert we've had on the field – uh, somebody who actually has has uh, engaged in the sport, or at least has some knowledge of the sport uh, and 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 the inner workings of it. Um, today, here we have Sarah. Uh, how are you, Sarah? Very well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, uh, um, Sarah. Tell us tell us a little bit um, tell us a little bit about your your um, before we go on uh, about your experience as as a person involved with horse uh, equine sports. Uh, tell me what, a little bit about your background, how long you've been riding for, and, and your experiences with horses. So I um, I started riding horses when I was five years old, and been uh, showing showing for a great number of years by that sort of going to different horse competitions um, showing is what you showing is what yeah, you call like yeah, they the call, competition. they call it a show mm-hmm. um, and I did a lot of jumping that was something that I was really interested in I never um, had any experience with uh, races uh, personally but um, my my great uncle would was a um, was a breeder of running quarter horses. What's a quarter horse? Can you tell us a little bit about it. What a quarter uh, horse? A quarter horse is an American breed of horse, and you, they're the horse that you think of when you watch western. You know, those are it's, it's an um, it's a horse that's used often for cattle work, but there also is a um, there's a there's a large there's a large racing community of, of quarter horses. They do very well in sprints, so they're they're shorter distance racers than than thoroughbreds. But yeah, so I got I got to um, experience uh, watching the breeding aspect of, of that and going to the uh, going to the clubhouse with my with my great uncle when he had horses racing and yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, uh, prior to, prior to going to starting the show, we had a conversation about, um, the, the breeding and, and there's a very unique thing about the So the Kentucky Derby, the, the, uh, the, the horse race circuit, the non quarter horse, the thoroughbreds is what we call mm-hmm. them. Um, they, there's a unique way in which those horses are bred. Can you, can you, you were telling me, I, I thought it was really interesting. Could you, can you tell us about that? Yeah. So the, the breeds, the breeds that I, um, that I, a lot of the breeds that I rode, like paint, paint horse and, and quarter horse, they have a, um, a, a ruling where it's uh, artificial insemination is 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 um is accepted is an accepted form of of breeding, and so that means a lot of times uh, you have a mare, uh, you know the the mother horse somewhere in California and you want to breed to a, um, a stud that's in 
in uh, New York. So what you can do is they, they instead of sending your mare on you know this this thousands of mile journey and having to uh, pay board at this place in, in New York, you can just have uh, frozen semen shipped to you. So, but the thoroughbred is one of the one of the very few breeds that does not uh, does not allow artificial insemination. They so, require a so there needs live, to be a mount, a live cover. Yeah, live cover. That's what they call it. So, 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 so you're telling me that uh, 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 um, American Pharaoh, he's he's the last Triple Crown winner. He's 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 basically getting it on. Yes, well, he's, good for, he's the product of natural, natural coming together. <laughs> so, <laughs> so good, good for American Pharaoh. Good for him. He deserves it. He won the the Triple Crown. Um, so so. Anything else you want to add about your 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 um, experiences with the horses before I, I, I have a follow up question to to uh, to, the, to to thoroughbreds and horse racing and? No, not that I can do. Okay, so so um, we we started the segment that was uh, in the beginning with Hunter S. Thompson. That was an excerpt from an essay that he wrote um, titled "The Kentucky Derby Is." Uh, Decadent and deprived, and 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 in that essay, he goes on to talk about uh, mostly about the the people who attend the Kentucky Derby, the spectators, uh, you know, uh, spectating the spectacle, and uh, that's generally considered uh, the 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 seminal piece of Gonzo journalism for which Hunter S. Thompson was known. Um, but he he explains basically this this weekend of debauchery that he uh, has. If if you if you get a chance, uh, I would recommend you check it out. The Kentucky Derby is decadent and deprived by Hunter S. Thompson. It was an article that he wrote, I believe, for Playboy magazine. Um, anyways, um, so this essay goes on to explain uh, him doing the people watching, and that's. I think a, a a great big part of spectating in the in the in the uh, equine and the horse racing grandstand the 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 the, the grandstand the, the original grandstand uh, one of the original places at the grandstand the the format the the architecture the design of the grandstand uh, originally emanates from the horse racing from the hippodrome so uh, the the our namesake kind of draws from the design of. Uh, the grandstand use in horse racing, but with that said, um, first of all, if one of you, whoever, wants to explain what is the triple crown and why is that so important in horse racing, what is the triple crown? Manny, what's the triple crown? Um, so it's it's a it's a series of of three races. Next weekend will be the uh, the Kentucky Derby. So the first the first weekend of May is the Kentucky Derby. Um, uh, I think it's safe to say the, the biggest race of the year in horse racing, um, which is followed up by the Preakness um, in Baltimore, and then and then finally the Belmont Stakes in, in New York. Um, it is, it, it, for whatever reason, it is just this, um, for a horse to be able to, to win all three races consecutively, um, it's it's just a, a a major accomplishment which we um, which we don't often see. Uh, just last year, as you you've been mentioning, American Pharaoh was the the horse to uh, to win the to win all three of those races and thus win the Triple Crown um, for the first time in about 
40 years? 30, uh, 78 was the last time, yeah. So 30, almost 40 years, yes. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's just one of those accomplishments in sports that, that you, you only see um, every few decades. Um, and so, I mean, up until this past year, um, I had never seen a horse win the Triple Crown. And, and I, I literally, like, it was funny, I didn't even, I, I watched it here at home. And um, and every once in a while, there's certain um, moments in sports that give me the give me the chills. And when um, when American Pharaoh was going down the the stretch, and it was clear, like, oh shit, this it's about to happen. Um, my I literally got goosebumps, and my that feeling in your in your face where like your face feels fuzzy. <laughs> um, I had that feeling, at, and I really don't know why. Like, I don't know why it's such a big deal to me. I think it's more just falling in, falling in for the hype, um, but um, but yeah, it was it was just a big deal. Just just hearing the 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 announcer call it, and it's um, it was a pretty pretty special thing. Yes, so it's hard to accomplish. Uh, Sarah, maybe you can expand on why is it so hard to win the Kentucky Derby? What is it about that those races differ and different kinds of horses? Uh, uh, win the race because of the, the the length and can you ex- can you expand on that please? Yeah, so the the, the three different races they do have, uh, it's you know there's always different tracks the the way that the, the way that the the sand is packed and the or the dirt but and the, and the and the length of the race but I think it also has to do with um, the time between the races you know you think about these you know uh, even humans that race. Like so, the uh, like a like a swimmer. They have a certain the, before a meet. They want to get on a certain um, on a certain point in their training. So there's like a there's like a working up to something, and then you also after after a big race, you you want to you want to recuperate, and then to from coming off that recuperation, getting back into that that or the, your your best performance state. It's it's a hard thing to turn around. I don't know what is it, Manny? Do you know is it is it three weeks uh, uh, between the Derby and the Preakness? I believe it's two, but but it two. could it might be three. Maybe, yeah. So that's um that's you know that's that's a tough turnaround. And then there are fresh horses. So that's something. That, so so there's something that happens is that um so so for the, for the Derby it'll be this field, and then for the next for the next race. When do they enter the the fresh horses for the second race or for the third race? Do you guys know how that works? I think both both races because yeah. you know outside of them, I mean, we think of them as as the this package of these three races together. But these are these are um, these are important races in their own, and you know they come with a, a nice purse. So there are going to always be people that. Just want to Regardless win a of race. the triple crown, yeah. they want to win a race. Wasn't there a, a trainer the the year before American Pharaoh won? Uh, um, wasn't there a trainer who, who who publicly after the after he lost the uh, uh, the Belmont? Didn't he say something like, you know, in order to make it fair, it's got to be the same field. They can't enter different horses. Was that? Do you re, do you guys recall that? Remember that that mm-hmm. cowboy that cowboy trainer? Yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah. I don't remember his name, but yeah, which is which is a the valid the absolutely. I thought I thought yeah I, I um... right but this is the, this is how the field has always been yeah it's, it's right. always been a possibility and if you know if your horse is more horse than the other horses then 
we're which, gonna win. Which makes winning it that much more prestigious, you know. So there's an element of 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 me agreeing with with uh, we got to find this guy's name. Uh, I remember he was really upset uh, talking to somebody after the race, saying, you know, this is this is basically this is bullshit because. So you have your horse that races is racing every two weeks or three weeks or every two weeks, and then um, there's a lot of you know. Although two weeks seems like a long time, but for a a peak athlete as is the horse, uh, um, uh, the two weeks an, an extra two weeks can mean the difference between being at at complete optimal performance and being maybe at just eighty percent optimal performance. So there is an element of of yeah, I could see why as as a owner or trainer you would be upset if. If uh, you weren't racing against the same field that you did the Kentucky Derby, but uh, that's the Kentucky Derby. That's a, a uh, you know a race as American as 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 apple pie and baseball and maybe in jazz, I guess. Um, and it, you know, I, ironically or maybe uh, interestingly enough, it's like those three things are are still still hold the. The attention uh, of the American public and, and maybe of the world public, and they still command a, a great amount of, of cash uh, 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 winnings and revenue. But somehow culturally, they are um, not as not at the forefront of of of, uh, of uh, the the American mainstream, and, and hence why we've included this this in the set in the, in the sequence of non-mainstream sports. Even though the Kentucky Derby, as they say, the fastest two minutes in sports is what they say. Is that what they call it? Uh, is, is still a world-renowned, very famous, very important race. Um, so I want to move away from the Kentucky Derby. And, and, um, and the reason we started with the Derby is because it is, the, it is like, like the Super Bowl of, of, of horse racing. Um, tell me a little bit, uh, Professor, about your spectating experience. So earlier, before the episode started, we were talking about you know the Derby, or the East Coast racing, or or the the Derby is to to some people means has some meaning, or some uh, some some people rec- people's recollections of horse racing is is set in the context of where they saw it. For you, where did you grow up uh, watching horse racing? And, and tell me a little bit about your experiences spectating in the uh, in your grandstand. Um, in, well, in Del, uh, growing up in San Diego, I grew up watching uh, the races in Del Mar, um, and 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 I grew up uh, w- with a father who likes horse racing a little bit too much, um, and so as a kid, I just that was you know. Uh, my dad like loved taking us to the races, um, and so um, as a kid, it was just something I, you know, I just like the watching the horses and stuff. And um, it was that it, overall, it was kind of boring. Um, it wasn't it, it wasn't something I I thoroughly enjoyed going to. Um, but then as I got older and 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 I started to to appreciate it more, um, I I came to. More so, I came to appreciate the the spectacle of it more more than anything. N- n- still, n- never even to this day, like it's not so much. Uh, I'm not so much into the 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 technical aspect of, of horse racing, which which it, you know, if, if you really dig into it, there's um, you know, there's a lot there. Um, when I when I go to the races, I'm not so much interested in in winning any races. I I more so just like to sit back and and enjoy the show. And what is that show to you? What is that? And um, what is it that you're seeing? 
Uh, for me, it's 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 the it, which it's you know you 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 mentioned you read the from the Hunter S. Thompson piece. Um, for me, it's the people. It's like the the that whole. Um, I mean, shit, dude. Where where do we even begin as far as um, all the people watching? Um, at the and so I've I've I grew up going to the races at Del Mar for the past five years. I've been going to the Belmont Stakes every year. And even just that, the contrast between those two experiences is is something really interesting. But um, so and and then there, it's it, there's opening day, right? There's Del Mar opening day, which that in itself is just a special experience. Um, yeah. Everything from the fashion of it to um, it's just such a such a reflection of us and um, the guy, you know, all the guys and they, you know, the guys dress up and guys kind of flaunting their their masculinity through through their money and then you have women you know flaunting their the the, the patriarchal bargain of of you know dre- dress dressing up and it's 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 uh and and and, and i love it I, I love that whole um the, the the whole show the whole pageantry of it um yeah i i can just sit back i, I like to just go and drink and 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 hopefully if if i'm lucky maybe win some money uh, but I go into it expecting there's no way I'm going to win any money. Yeah, it's it's one of those unique. Well, I guess you could do that in every sport, but it's one of those unique uh, arenas, uh, grandstands where you can go and put a little bit of cash on on a horse, and 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 not only can you watch your your team win, but maybe you can get a little money from uh, immediate immediate instant gratification uh, uh, as far as cash is concerned. So that that makes it extra special. Um, which is fun. Which is funny that I that I met like and I, I, well, that wasn't intentional, but that that came at the like that was my my afterthought. Right. It is. It is an afterthought because you know uh, I'm not I am I'm not a gambling man. Uh, I don't I don't really um, I'm not against gambling. I'm not opposed to gambling. I just it's something that I'm I'd rather spend my money on booze and and uh, and food, but uh, but um, and shoes, uh, but. Um, Sarah, what, what's your what's your what's your experience with spectating other races? Um, let's see. I have. Tell us, um, tell have us contrast the race. contrast because you've been to quarter horse races. How do you mm-hmm. think those contrast to thoroughbred races? Is there a contrast? Is there a difference? And you're talking you were talking the Midwest kind of uh, races. So tell us a little bit about that. That's interesting. Yeah. So my my earliest memories of of going to the races are in uh, are in Oklahoma at the Remington Park that where the where the quarter horses race and. Um, Going with my my uncle, and whether he had a whether he had a horse racing or not, we would always you know go down to the go down to the paddock and look at the horses, and I always really enjoyed him speaking about about these different horses, and you know he would know you know he'd have some um, some knowledge of the of the jockeys and the and the trainers. Uh, but then, just just talking about the horse's uh, temperament and and where, you know, psychologically where the horse was that day, and uh, you know, of course, confirmation. He was he's really um, he's really interested in confirmation of a horse. What does that mean, confirmation? The way the, way the horse is uh, put together. So like the the, like a, the, the, the the length of the back, the 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 length of um, you t- like the 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 top of the rump to the to the the hawk. You know, and the, and the the hind leg, sort of. So, so, much, so as an expert, that's something that your uncle was looking at. Yeah, sort of the, how, that, how that relates to the mechanics of of running. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that was that was a lot of fun. I also have a 
a memory of going in with because of my because he's a he, because he was a breeder and an owner. We got to go into this uh, this sort of special area where to to spectate from. And I just I remember walking into this this pretty grand room. It felt like to me at the time being ten. And there was just this giant mound of fruit and chocolates and <laughs> just this beautiful buffet. But um, I, you know, and then and it's interesting now to go to to spectate a lot at, at Del Mar and seeing the uh, the thoroughbred races. And I love that. I love how how there's this there's a seedy element to it. You know, these, these people who who can't get away from there. You know, who who have to be there. And then those who are sort of visiting out of, or, or slumming it, or, in, you know, with their big hats and little a cultural, dresses. A cultural and, experience versus a, 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 a sort of occupation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, and that's what I was going to say, is that uh, my, back to the, when, when I lost my train of thought, it was that I have, I have a, a deep fascination with gambling culture, even though I myself don't gamble, because I, I really feel... Um, there's these 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 characteristics of of the of the gambling subculture that uh, so I grew up um, going to horse races at Caliente, and this is at the bitter end of of horse racing at Caliente, and um, they had come and gone, and I got to see for a very brief moment with my uncle uh, uh, Tino. Uh, he would take me to see horse. He loved going to the horse races. He'd he'd bet a, he'd bet on other things, but. Uh, the horses and I was always really fascinated by looking at the faces of the people betting and looking at the 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 like you said not not the seediness was was a part of it but but more than the seediness it was the the, the dedication to it you know mm-hmm. it's like another athlete uh, another another participant in the spectacle um, so it was it was hard to understand what it was I was exactly supposed to spectate the the horse race or the people uh, gambling away, you know maybe uh, a few bucks from their paycheck or maybe all of their savings. So it was really fascinating. I think um, uh, for what it's worth, uh, I, I am fascinated and and attracted to that subculture for some reason. So, so yeah, that was that was uh, the, the the seediness is is something. Another thing I want to talk about is is you know um, something about in the previous episode that we talked about boxing that I think we failed to mention, and I think there's something here with horse racing is that there's it attracts a a, a certain kind of crowd that I think you know opening day you have the big hats and the and the pageantry, but then after all of the after the the, the that crowd has come and gone. And then you've kind of left with the professionals or the or the regulars. There's a seediness to that that I think uh, is a tr- boxing attracts you know because it's people on the fringes you know people on the fringes typically typically hang with uh, the artists with the poets with the lovers with the fighters. And then in horse racing you have this this gambling element um, that that brings a different kind of uh, people from the fringe. So I don't know if you guys want to add anything to that before we move on to the next topic of conversation. I think as far as things to gamble on, um, you know, you have these these short, the, the, you know, a day at the races. There's there's several races, so you have this opportunity. You know, you can put two dollar bet down, and you can you can either you know you can lose two bucks, or you know, depending on the odds, potentially make something make something back. But being able to 
know, I guess being able to go through through that day and 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 bet on bet on the whatever name you like or you know there's there's a there's an ease in it for the for the non-gamblers. I guess there's not there's not this a huge commitment. And then for those who who are, you know, there's you you get to really pour over all of this information and research, which I think is you know sort of like the professional gamblers which I think is I think is really fascinating all of the all of the knowledge all of the knowing and that's and that. and that's the thing I was fascinated by um uh professor you have any special uh, experiences any special moments on the grandstand uh, while watching uh, the ponies um yeah well well I mean to do that like I I I went from you know when I was younger it was just kind of there just um not really you know just watching the horses and 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 i'd i'd be given money to place my little one dollar bets or whatever um and it would it would just be based on the names or the colors or you know the 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 jockeys um but then um as i got older i i started becoming more uh putting more effort into doing the research and i and i got into reading the racing form and trying to understand it um and um and I did for I don't know for 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 a few years. That's how I would go to the races. Is is actually, I'd get the racing form in the morning. I'd I'd go through it. I'd take my notes, and I'd go in ready to. And and I and and I would occasionally win that way. Um, um, the, I, the time that I won six hundred dollars on a race, like that was like epic for eighteen year old me. Um, but then afterwards, I I realized that. I enjoy, it's so much more fun to not because it does put a lot of pressure on it, it you know it, it almost it's it's kind of like when something becomes a job um, <laughs> and so and I realized like dude it's not this isn't like I really this isn't really more often than I'm I'm going to lose and if I just go to the races just to enjoy it um it's so much more uh at least for me it's so much more rewarding um so my dad is 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 one to if we go like on a Sunday like a uh he'll he'll just go just to just just to go for the day you know just to have a, a a day at the races um but but there but when we go and and he's there and he wants to win um do that that guy's brain is like going a thousand miles an hour as, as far as um uh he's he's like what he's he's placing bets on multiple on races going on all throughout the world yeah, like, <laughs> at once, and so I'm like, I'm sitting there, like I have, like you know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the races going on, like in Del at Del Mar, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I think I like this horse, and I'm looking over, I'm like, what do you got? And 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 he's got like fucking, like he's he's got tickets for multiple races all happening at once. He's got his glasses down, like at the tip of his nose. His eyes are getting like, like just like they're that pinkish color from like exhaustion. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and you know and, and it's and, and it's just fun. Like it, it I I first I I think it's cute. Like I think it's 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 funny to to see him just like racking his brain that way. Um, and that's you know the, these are the these are the gamblers. You know like that's um and 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 he's he's look he under he's looking at stuff that I, is far beyond my what I even want to understand, like as far as, um, you know, the, the type of things that he's, that he's paying attention to. 
so yeah so so over time like now today i like even when i go to belmont like i i don't do i don't do i go with my buddy pete and pete does his research he's a handicapper and he likes to he he likes to do his research way beforehand and um i like to just go and enjoy the show now um but yeah names and names and uh silk colors no, no, no. I still, I still buy my racing form, and I still, I still go by. Which I'm curious to know, Sarah. I'm curious what what you go by, because I, I like, I still, I like, I, I look at jockeys. I look at, I look at recent history of the horse as far as how they've ran, what what type of the length of the fields they've ran, and and you know, are they are they closers? Do they like long distance? Do they like turf or dirt? Uh, but I keep it very basic, you know, very simple, and I make my decisions, you know, in the in the 20 minutes before beforehand but um but no i just i don't go deep into it anymore but um do you yeah no no i don't i i just i like going for for the spectacle of it um partly the partly the human aspect but i think i just i just really enjoy seeing horses and watching them do their jobs so it's that's just the that's what I um, that's what I most enjoy about the races, and I don't really I don't really p- place any bets. No. Um, yeah, I think there's been been one or two times when maybe it was a a good stake race or something, but but no, other than that, I don't get into that aspect of it. So th- they say they so with um, with Del Mar, like they in the past few years they've. They've done a pretty brilliant job at rebranding Delmar as far as like the whole you know the whole cool gimmick that they have now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is which has served them very well. Like it's 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 um, it's definitely it's increased attendance. They've they've been able to reach the, the like the yuppie and the hipster crowd, young people. Um, um, but but what people see as like a long term problem is is that the it's it's not doing. Even though there's improve, they see an increase in attendance with with this new kind of a marketing of of Del Mar. Um, if if you can't get people to invest in the sport itself, and 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 by that they mean in betting, then then it's it's not gonna it, it doesn't serve a, a long term benefit to the sport. Um, which I thought was interesting as as far as you know, I, I I would figure, hey, as long as you can get, I mean, it's kind of what Peco Park is doing, like. Um, we realize that people don't give a shit about what's going on on the field. Um, and same with Del Mar. People don't really care about like horse racing, but as long as we can hook them to want to just come be part of the, the experience, the spectacle, um, then that'll keep, keep us alive. Uh, what's what, what some argue is no, like it's, it's, it, it only will in the short term. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of the, the, I think the, like you're saying the, the, the new audience that, that they're pulling into these places um, it's it's sort of another way to be at the poolside in Las Vegas somewhere. You know, it's yeah, the yeah. the setting really doesn't matter. We just want to be able to experience experience being seen and seeing and you know consuming alcohol. Oh look, we were drinking in the grandstand and a horsing break a horsing race broke out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's really interesting because the sport depends on people. Uh, 
betting for it to i mean that's the whole purpose of it right <laughs> the the horses the horses race to i mean and uh, then what happens with a with a sport when when there's an actual focus on on what's on what's happening on 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 the people and, and the animals involved versus so, the just there for the for the debauchery of it so so uh let's talk about the animals a little bit um bef- we can we can come back to that um because uh, I, Yes, I mean, what what what's going to happen if all we have is people going there to to uh, drink and and put pictures of themselves up on uh, Instagram or Facebook, but they're not really you know placing two dollar bets. Um, there's this there's this um, this this backlash to horse racing uh, uh, from the people who are uh, PETA supporters and people who are animal rights activists because of the treatment of the animals. And and um, what's your take as a as a person who who rides horses, who loves horses like any other person that I know, who respects and and has a, a deep connection to to these to these animals? What's your take on on the horse racing, and what's your take on uh, um, the the treatment of of or the use of horses for this spectacle? What do you think of that? Well, I, I think as as in any. In any sport or in any in any um, circumstance where humans and, and animals are, are working together or, or requiring something uh, from each other, there are people who will um, take advantage of that of that quiet partnership. You know, the having having an animal who's not going to speak up for themselves, or and they will push to uh, an inhumane push it to an inhumane place in order to to win or or make a profit. But uh, I don't think horse racing, in and of itself, is is inhumane. I think it's. Um, and you say this way. as a as a as an avid or not even more as a as a staunch supporter, as a staunch advocate of horses. Yes, you say you would. Yeah. You say that. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I've, I was a as a horse as a horse person, as a person who's ridden horses for for my whole life. There is there's a there's a partnership there's partnerships that develop and there is there's just like just as we as animals are these animals also enjoy enjoy to work and enjoy to do do well and um, I've 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 raced just jokingly or or um, for fun with friends and being on a horse when they get to run as fast as they can there there is a there is a glee. For them, as in well. the horse, yeah, it's it's a it's it's a it's a natural part of their their survival and their existence is, is running. And so you think there's a there's a, a, could would it be safe to say that maybe some of those horses in the Derby or in these races are 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 uh, enjoying the race? Yeah, absolutely. Well, like in any job, there are people that are enjoying their work, and then there are those who. Are there because they have to, and they're not necessarily their heart isn't in it. But yeah, there's. But you know, we don't we don't see all of the horses that have that have ever raced. There's a lot of horses that go through that go through the track. I mean, I um, I had a horse. My mother had a horse who who had his had his lip tattooed. He had raced, but it was not. He did that. It it um whenever he was in situations like that, he was he was anxious. It's like he why? had to be in the front uh, of, a, of a group. Why do they tattoo the lips 
or the the gums or the lips? What is it? it? It's well, it's under the it's in the gum. It's under the Why lip. Do if they you, do that? you pull up the the top lip, you you see the tattoo. Well, the that's it's a number that corresponds with their registered name. So sort of, I mean, the so you so you somebody couldn't run a horse on a track as this under a different under a false name, I guess. And this is another interesting thing that I learned from uh, being around uh, the horse people, uh, Sarah's horse people, um, the, the registered names and the nicknames. And um, your mother had a horse named uh, Ellie's Fun Farewell, mm-hmm. which what was his no, name? That was his registered name. That was his registered mm-hmm. name, but what was his, what was his name? We called him Ben. Ben. His barn, but, barn but, his, but his But his, uh, his real name or his registered name was... Ellie's fond farewell, mm-hmm. and I thought that was really funny. So you can reuse a name. So what was the what was the you were telling me something about names in uh, in um, uh, uh, for horses that have won the Kentucky Derby or the Triple Crown or what is it? Uh, there's a tradition where you can rename a horse. So you so there will never be an er, another American Pharaoh. And why is that? Right. So the so the Jockey Club. Uh, the, the registrars they have these certain requirements for uh, for na- horse naming, and when you're when your when your horse is born, you you submit, or within the within the first year you have to to submit these names. I think you submit something like six names in order of preference, and um, the, the the registrar will decide if it's. They have all of these requirements. You know, obviously if it can't be anything obscene, it has to be certain amount of characters, I think it's like 18 or 19 characters. Um, it can't sound like a name that's already out there or or, or a name that's, um, you know, so like if you're going to have horses that could potentially be racing in the same, in the same frame of time, you, know, you couldn't have two easy riders, one spelled with an S, one spelled with a Z kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, then they also have, there are certain, like, horses that have made it to the Hall of Fame. Those names are retired and and winners of the Kentucky Derby. And I think there's a few other kind of, there's winners, certain names that are, are retired. Winners of the Kentucky Derby can no longer be used. They're retired. Correct. Yes. Okay. But if, if American Pharaoh had had not won, there could be, you know, there could have been another American Pharaoh, um, you know, several years down the line. That and, name could have been. And why, why do they, why do they uh, put... Why do they put horses down who are lame? What is the reason for that? Why do, why why are um, some people don't understand why they get put down? Can you please tell us? We don't we don't put a horse down for just any lameness. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that that can be can be resolved. Like uh, you know, horses' legs. Um, you know, there, there's only muscle only goes down to to the knee, and then after that, below the knee, it's it's tendons and and ligaments and, and bone, basically. So they're it's, they're very fragile, and of course they're large animals that have to put a lot of weight on these on these legs. And um, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of times where um, like a, a break can be well at least com- compared to the past, where there there are times when when uh, when a break can be mended, can be operated on, and there's it's it's worth a shot kind of thing, but. Just the the nature of the horse anatomy and the fact you know that you can't have a horse lay down for six weeks to do bed rest. They they you know they need to they need to stand to to breathe and to to for circulation. Um, but yeah, it's 
and then if it's um, there, there could be an infection if if the if it's prone to infection if the if the skin is broken. It's just it's a very it's a it's a really incredibly difficult thing to heal and to to completely recover from. So it's mostly the, the usually the most inhumane thing is is to be euth euthanized. But so I read something that said that um, something about the American brand of horse racing that uh, because of all of the the uh, additional substances, uh, so to speak, or, or, or as we like to call it, the uh, sports in, or the enhancement drugs, mm -hmm. um, th that that somehow contributes to injuries, not only of the horses, but of the jockeys. Um, what's your take on, uh, on, on enhancement drugs and, 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 and as, as far as them contributing to the increased number of injuries uh, with com in comparison to the rest of the world? Yeah, well, I, you know, it's it's something that I'm not entirely sure sure how I feel about it. I mean, there's there's a there's part of me that would say it would be it would be great to just see it done naturally, no 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 enhancement. But then, I guess at, at what point, you know, there there becomes this gray area between the types of supplements and feeds, and and then when you get into to drugs that, you know, these you know we there are the that get closer to these banned substances, but I don't know. But I think whenever we, you know, alter alter our bodies in certain ways, it's going to for for performance. There are going to be um, we're going to be able to you know expand our limitations in certain in certain areas, but there are other limitations that our bodies have that that aren't being expanded by that drug. So then. You know, you're 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 at risk of 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 breaking in another area. So 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 you're ambivalent, is what you're saying. I am ambivalent. I well, I mean, it's it would be great for it to to not be not exist in in human or in animal sports, but it's not reality. So. So uh, do you think if? Uh, if pitchers that took uh, enhancement performance enhancement drugs had to be put down because their arms wouldn't work, then we would be having a different conversation. I bet there's a lot of pitchers who would like to be put down <laughs> once they get to that point because that's their that's their love. All, their in the, all in the name of the spectacle, Professor. You have any any uh, any any comment or opinion with regard to performance enhancement <laughs> drugs? No, I, I think that's a great point. That um. I'm sure there's tons of athletes who, if if it were, um, if it were more acceptable, who yeah, who probably would want to be put down after they their um, you know whatever whatever whether it be baseball players, football players, whatever um, if they can no longer perform, I mean that's kind of what what some of them live for. Um, Go out in your peak. Don't we all want to do that in a way? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I think with with, with the horses. I, I looked because I've never you know I've I, I've never had a uh, a confident stance on 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 that in, as far as because I I don't think I um I have a intimate enough understanding of of, of it but um but I've always turned to look to trainers as you know like if from what I see it seems that trainers have uh, many of of them if not most of them have a genuine relationship and, and yes. compassion and love with 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 yes. the animals that they're working with and if and if they 
don't see a uh, if if they and, and and but the thing is that that does vary with trainers. Some trainers are are anti, you know, anti uh, drugs, um, at least to to a degree. Um, while other trainers are more so, you know, and and, and this also varies by uh, different states. Or at least, correct me if I'm wrong, sir. Don't different states have different regulations as far as what's allowed? Um, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so, so in in some you know some trainers uh, pump a lot more into their horses than others do, depending on the regulations that that they that they're operating under. But um, uh, what was you remember? Do you guys remember Eight Bells? Eight Bells. It was it was the hor- It was the filly, and and yes, and, and she. Um, she yeah. col- she collapsed after collapsed. yeah yeah yes. and it was like a big deal and um because uh, it was gruesome the way it went yes, down yeah and that was one of the that her along with um bar you remember barbara yeah um you know the, these were some of the ones that really brought spotlight a spotlight onto horse racing as far as like this is an inhumane sport and and or is, this is just uh, you know what we're doing is is um, you know, it's, 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 it's one step away from just like, from like dog fighting. Um, and, uh, with eight bells, dude, her, her trainer, um, Larry Jones was, was, uh, he, he seemed, you know, he was very anti and, and actually, and when they tested, uh, eight bells free of, free of any steroids, um, you know, he, he was very adamant about the fact that he was uh, opposed to, to any of that. But then, but then you have other trainers who, who don't see a, an ethical issue with it. Um, and yeah, man, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's tough, but, but like, I, I look to them, um, as far as, you know, w- w- how they feel about it. Um, I think they have a better or, or, or people like Sarah, you know, people who actually, um, have gen- contact with the horse. Yes. Um, yes. I agree. Um, and so when, you know, when, when you have activists, um, so you're for self-regulation. What do you mean? Like the, the, the like this a group of a group of um, you know trainers and and, and jockeys getting oh, together. Oh, so and you're you're what... for self-regulation, yeah. So you so Manny is for uh, a professor is for self-regulation. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, li- li- libertarian uh, 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 through and through. The, the, <laughs> what about the banks, let, let the let the ha- let the hand of God do the correcting there. Who who does the correcting in capitalism? Uh, according to Adam Smith, was it the hand or the market corrects itself? The, mm-hmm. the side, the invisible hand. The invisible hand, yeah. The invisible hand. Um, so, uh, uh, Grant Sanders, uh, Sarah has to uh, go because she's got to go to the to the Kentucky Derby. She's got to go get her <laughs> horse ready. Um, but thank you, Sarah, for joining us. Uh, we will continue because we have one last. Uh, I have one last question for the professor. But Sarah, uh, have, real quick, Sarah, have you ever been to a Kentucky Derby? No, I haven't. Shit, dude, that's got to be so. World Cup number one on the list. Uh, no, WrestleMania number two, Kentucky Derby number three. <laughs> yeah, really? Is that how it goes? Uh, that's how it goes for me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. World Cup. I definitely want Kentucky Derby's in my top three, for sure. Uh, I'd like to go to the Derby. I, I would. I would have loved to experience it about a hundred years ago. Hundred? There's a. There's sort of a. I'm. I'm a. I'm a little. I've got an aversion to large crowds like that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it would be nice. One of these days. That's something my, my uncle and I actually, we, we keep talking about. My mother has been to the, the Preakness and the Belmont, and she's, but she's never been to the Derby. So that's you think, we, you think we could get it's Uncle like David a, to uh, come talk to us one day? Oh, absolutely. He's a fun He would have a, yeah, so a lot of wonderful things as a breeder, just a, a wealth of information. 
Any any anything anything else you want to say with regard to the great uh, the great sport and the great uh, spectacle of spectating uh, the, the the sport of horse racing before you go? No, I, th- I think um, I think horses are are amazing animals, and it's it's just a pleasure for to to watch humans and horses working together. You know, we, we don't we don't have it in our in our daily lives anymore. It's not a it's not our, it's not most people's mode of transportation. So it's. It's it's just cool to see that that um, that relationship continue. And any anything you want to say to the activist? I don't know. Try treating yourself and your children and your I don't know, partners better first before you start worrying about I don't know other animals. Gotcha, bitch. There you go, folks. You heard Hot it. Take. <laughs> you just heard it from an actual horse lover, defender, advocate. As long as you take care of animals, too. Well, obviously, take care of animals. Thank you, Sarah, for joining us in the Grandstand Studio. Uh, I just have a couple questions for the professor, and then we can uh, wrap this up. Professor, um, next, uh, next Saturday, uh, great big race. Uh, I know the field hasn't been set, but anything you're looking forward to, uh, Professor? Uh, anything you're, you, you know, we we didn't mention uh, uh, Bob Baffert. Um, uh, he he is a uh, a trainer from the West Coast. And um, anything anything you want to any little tidbit of anything that you want to add uh, before we uh, close this uh, great episode? Um, no, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for for looking forward to the Derby. Um, I don't really, like I said, I haven't really looked too much at the field, but. Um, um, I know that that this horse Nyquist, uh, uh, trained by Doug O'Neill. I'm not sure what jo- do you know a jockey is riding Nyquist? Uh, Gutierrez. Uh, okay. He. Uh, I hear that this is the favorite. I'd like to see um, Bob Baffert's. Uh, I think Bob Baffert will have a ho- uh, more spirit in the race, and um, and I think just for any of us who grew up in in San Diego. Um, along with Doug O'Neill, Bob Baffert is just kind of our boy. Like he's right. Every just the iconic, the white hair, the glasses. You know, the 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 trainer of American Pharaoh. Um, right. Um, so I'd I'd anytime there's a Bob Baffert horse on the field, I'm always have my eye on 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 that horse. But um, yeah, it's it's we we definitely need to go to a Derby one year because um, it's just not the same. Like on TV. It's the the thing that makes horse racing unique is that what other sport do you are you and and this is what like this should be this is what horse racing needs to do to tap into today's audience like millennials who have short attention spans like what other sport is this does the actual spectating of the sport take place for two minutes. And that's it, and then and then and then you have thirty minutes to fucking play with your phone. <laughs> oh man, oh shit! That you know, I think you've just solved the attention span. Apparently, I can't pronounce my s's today. I said ports earlier, and now pan. Um, uh, um, I'm having trouble with my uh, consonant blends. Um, yeah. That solves the issue there. Well, they just, two minutes, and then thirty minutes to update your status. Yep. 
And, you know, um, I've always wondered, besides updating their status, what else are they doing? Like their social media status? What else could potentially be, be having be done on the reading, like decoding yeah. some kind of information? I've always wondered. But yes, you know what? I think you're, you've, you need to call Mr. Horse Racing and tell him, Mr. Kentucky Derby, and tell him that uh, we've, we've figured out a way to, uh, to sell it to them. Yeah, I mean, for us, I mean, and that's why, that's why I love going to the races. Like, I, I love going to the races because it's, it's a great, it's, it's, it's a great event to go to where you can just hang out with your, with your people. Like, um, so you, whether you go with your friends, with your family, like, for the most part, you, it's, it's something that you guys are just, like, shooting the shit with each other for because, you know, and, 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 and every, every half hour you, you have, you know, you go and, um, you, you know, you, you watch a race and it's exciting. It's like two minutes of excitement. It's, it's not like it's dull. Like, it's two minutes of people, like, rising up, euphoria, um, and that's it. And then you go back to just hanging out and drinking. Um, yeah. so, so it's a great, it's, the, the format is perfect. Right. And, and spend a lot of money on on ten dollar ten dollar beers and and gross food, <laughs> and that's part of uh, that's part of grandstanding. That's part of yeah. uh, you know um, one of the things is that uh, we can sit here and talk all we want about uh, being in the grandstand, but we need to actively get out there and grandstand and enjoy the spectacle, the spect uh, the the spectating spectacle, which is what we started our episode with. Uh, you know, Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, I think described the best in that essay where he talks about everything except the Kentucky Derby. Um, and Hunter S. Thompson was an avid sports fan, a big time football fan, uh, hated Nixon, but apparently uh, <laughs> uh, had one glorious exchange with Nixon because Nixon was a, a, a huge football fan and apparently sat in his limo once and talked, uh, shot the shit uh, football with Nixon. And apparently he said, well, he's, he's a, he's a fucking, he's, you know, Nixon was, you know, he hated Nixon. He had a, he, I think he called him his muse, but he said, the man knows football. And, um, that's the one thing about sports is that, uh, you can be, uh, a, a libertarian like the professor, or you could be a right wing communist like, uh, like myself. And, um, and you still, uh, we still find pleasure in spectating the spectacle. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off and I'm gonna say uh, go go watch the Kentucky Derby, uh, go see if maybe we can get some uh, history here again. Uh, maybe a triple crown or uh, doesn't doesn't it doesn't seem that way, but you never know and that's why we watch and that's the beauty of sports is that we really don't ever know what's gonna happen and that's why we watch. Uh, Professor, anything else? And we're off. Goodbye.